Welcome, welcome to another episode of Beck Lover and the Comeback Team. This is uh, my second interview in quarantine. <laughs> I'm not in the studio, but it's also my second follow-up with Gene Borello. Gene, how you doing? I'm good. How you feeling today, man? I'm hanging in there, man. You're always dressed up, huh? Even in quarantine, you're looking pretty good. <laughs> I always wear hats. I like the hats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to um, bring you back on. A lot of the people that saw our first interview, they want to kill me, bro. They want to <laughs> shoot me. They said, you talk too much. Shut the fuck up. Let Gene talk. Shut the fuck up. And they're right. They're right. I, right. Cut, you I cut you off a little bit too much. So this one is a follow-up for all those people that I pissed off. <laughs> and I appreciate you giving me time right now. I know there's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. And uh, we want to also follow up. There's a lot of comments about some of the things, you know, you had talked about in the last show. And we want to follow up and give the people that are watching and following your story, kind of give them some more information about everything that's going on. Right. So first and foremost, how, how are you feeling about this whole coronavirus thing? It's horrible, man. You know, I have a lot of people that I know passed away, a lot of people in comas. Um, it's attacking not just old people, it's attacking anybody, young people, uh, any age. It, it has no, uh, it, it's just going after anybody. And uh, it's, so, it's so dangerous. I really wish that people would stay in and really um, take this seriously because um, it, it's really killing people. And uh, um, it's horrible, man. I never seen anything like this. The streets are so dead. Everything's shut down. It's so, it's really scary, man. It feels like something out of a movie, you know. Have you lost anybody like really close to you, man? Because I've had I've had quite a few deaths the last. I've lost um, six not, to seven. Not really, really close to me, but uh, people that I know pretty well. You know, not best friends, but someone I could say I knew pretty good. He passed away. Um, a few people from my area and. Um, just people like you might know their relatives and things like that. And it's, get, it's getting really bad out here, man. You know, they say the heat kills it, but how can the heat kill it when California has one of the highest um, uh, cases of it? You know what I mean? So I don't know what the truth is and what ain't. So I don't know, I don't know what, what, what's going on, really. Try to keep that phone still if you can, because it just makes it easier for people to watch. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think we know the truth. Um, where you hold up right now? You've been staying inside completely? I'm yeah, inside. yeah, I'm staying inside, you know. You're good with supplies? You're good with everything? Right, I might go a little run to get, like, food and stuff, but I got gloves, masks on, everything. It's real serious out there. You have uh, any older family members you're worried about that live next yeah. to you? Well, my mom does. My, I have my grandmother, so she basically cannot catch it because she would pass, you know. It would, it would kill her. Uh, I spoke to a few friends in the medical world. It's... it's I don't think any of us know what the hell's going on. Let me ask you this, because this is like a, a this is probably the biggest time ever with conspiracy theories, right? Right. There's all kinds of rumors swirling around. People have different ideas. Five G, this, that. I mean, what's your take on all that, man? You think that they did this on purpose? You think that there's an evil force behind this trying to trying to fuck with the American people? I mean, what, what's your take on that? Uh, honestly, I do believe it came from China. Um... I do believe it came from someone eating bats and what they're saying. I do believe that's true. Um, the diseases that they, pa that they passed through, I believe it came from China. That's what I believe. I don't China. China. Yeah. China. Like Trump. <laughs> yeah. How do you think the president's handling this? You think he's doing a good job? Yeah, he's great. 
Yes. You think he's trying his best? Yes. yes. Do you feel like there might be forces politically in our country that are using this to their advantage and maybe they don't care if Americans die, like to try to make, like for example, like what's all the beef over ventilators when we're getting facts that ventilators ain't saving people? Why are they even wasting energy on that? Listen, I have, I speak to people right now that have the coronavirus and basically when they go to the hospital, I tell them there's nothing we could do for you, just ride it out. If you can't breathe, come back, he'll put you on a ventilator. That's it. That's all they're telling you. They put you on a ventilator, there's like a one in 20 chance you're going to live from what I'm hearing. That's when you have, see, I believe that there's a stronger version and a weaker version. There's two different strands of it. I think like if you get hit with it, the strong one, I think that's when you, you die. They have the weak one where you just get like symptoms of a flu and, you know, a bad cough. You can't, like one of my friends right now has it. And he says one day he feels like he can't walk. One day he's fine. One day he has a fever. So it, it, it's really complicated to say how, how it hits certain people's bodies. But I think there's two different ones. There's a strong one and a weak one that's going around. Now, if they come out with some type of vaccine and they say you got to take this vaccine to go back to work, to go, are you taking the vaccine? There's a lot of people that said they, they wouldn't take it. They're scared of it. I mean, what's your thought on vaccines, first of all? Um, yeah, no, I believe they work. These scientists are very smart, and the people that are coming up with this stuff, I, I would definitely take it. You know what I mean? They're, they're not looking to – I don't believe that America is looking to hurt us in any way. You know, maybe other countries and stuff like that, but our, our own, I don't believe that conspiracy. You don't think that there could be politicians who have been infiltrated who don't put the American interest at first? I mean, you don't think there's people that maybe they don't really give a fuck about America, like politicians, maybe certain politicians that maybe were corrupted. I mean, listen, a lot of these people get money from China too, bro. Right. Well, I mean, like, you know, you know, I just, like, we're losing thousands. We lost 800 people yesterday in, in, in um, New York alone. We're losing hundreds and hundreds of people. It could be one of them. So that's why, you know, how can they prevent from themselves getting it or a family member? So that's why I just, I just don't know what the conspiracy theories. I believe it came from China, and I believe that we're going to stop it. We are, we are going to stop it eventually. Now, if you were still up to your old ways and you were – still in the streets and living that life, as you say. Right. Would a criminal see, from your perspective, would a criminal see this as an opportunity to move or to make moves? With the, There seems to be less of a presence of police everywhere I'm looking. What would you have done in the old days if you were still in the business? Would you, would you be moving right now? Would you be trying to make moves? Or would you find it to be more dangerous because there's less people on the streets? I mean, what's your take on that from a criminal perspective? Well, here's the thing. Now, if you do decide to do something stupid now and you get caught, it's going to be twice as worse because you basically took advantage of people that are sick, that are dying, you know, America under distress, and then you try to make money off it and harm people. First of all, you're going to be in a lot more trouble. Okay, that's first off. Uh, second off, um, it, to be exposed right now outside and sitting around like that, you have to be a moron because it could be a, a, literally a death sentence. So I think, like, as far as when I was in the criminal world, we wouldn't be doing anything right now. You know? Like, it's different. It, it's different. This is disease. This is not like you went off. Uh, yeah, okay. Back. Um, you went, um, this, is, this is different. Like, see, like, during the Sandy Flood, people were doing crimes. That's different. It's water. Things are, uh, um, you know, vacant. This is a, a disease where you could catch something, literally. So it's a different situation. I believe that criminals are are not going to be committing crimes like that. You know what I mean? I, I won, truthfully. So first and foremost, uh, bookie operations are done. Dead right? right I mean, now. There's no That's sports. Right there's no sports. Sport, sports is dead right now. 
And if, let's say, people owed you money for the juice, would you still be collecting the, I mean, would you think that people that are loan sharking right now, I mean, first of all, touching money is dangerous, I think. Just touching money is well, a big this danger. Happened, I mean, this, this happened during the Sandy flood, the same thing. When it happened, you know, people were like, Gene, I can't pay you right now. You know, the flood, this and that. And I said, I understand, but you're going to owe me back juice. So basically, you know, I, I had to. So the payments would just keep going, that's all. Right, because my boss didn't want to hear it. So he wanted the money every week, and I was telling them they can't pay. It's, you know, this, the, the neighborhood's vacant. He didn't want to hear it. So guys were owing back juice. They would be put. Uh, so here's my question. What happens if, like, right now, we're, we're looking at we might have a, a 30 to 40% unemployment rate. People got wiped out. What do you think the mob will do in this situation? Oh, they'll definitely be loaning. They'll be loaning. They want their money. They don't give a shit. Oh, they don't give a shit. Yeah, they're going to want the money. You, you, know? think it will, you think that their business might go up because people are going to be desperate? They might borrow more money now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, that the loan shark business is basically a trap business. They want you to keep paying. They want you to be able not to pay because they want you trapped um, belonging to them. You know what I mean? So they want you to be stuck. You know? If anyone's so, watching this, no matter how desperate they are, you do not recommend them taking a loan from the mob. Absolutely not. It'll just make their lives, it'll make their problems even worse. Yes. Um, I forgot what else I was going to ask you about this with the coronavirus. So, yeah, so you think operations are pretty much ceased for now. Yeah, sports betting is killed right now. I know that because all sports and are shut down. you and your old life, you wouldn't have been making any moves right now. Nothing. I mean, no, you wouldn't no I really wouldn't have. No. Mm-hmm. You think illegal gun sales are up? Do you think the mob still deals with illegal guns? You think there's that? Nah, is that not really. Certain people do, but uh, my area, nobody's really moving guns. Was, I, had a, that, I had a bunch of guns, but I would, um, I would keep them for ourselves, you know? Yeah, so what I'm saying, back in the day, you didn't really push weapons. You didn't sell guns. Once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. But you really had to trust the person you were selling it to, right? No, nah, like I said, I always, I always dealt with a lot of people that I knew, you know? How hard, do you think it is, how hard do you think it is to get illegal guns still? Today? No, it's not hard, right? When I, when I was in that lifestyle, I would get uh, whatever I wanted. Whenever I had machine guns, silencers, everything, I would I'd get my hands on anything. Yeah. It wasn't hard? No. What do you think? Uh, I had seen the interview with Valuetainment. Johnny A. Light has a different perspective on it. He seems to be a little more towards controlling you know, guns a little bit more. What do, what do you think about the Second Amendment, man? What, how, how do you view that, in your opinion? Should Americans have the right to carry weapons? And I mean, what's your take on the Second Amendment? I mean, I believe you should have a right to bear arms, but the whole thing is, is like, it's putting people in a bad situation because the state of New York, let's just say you do carry a gun and shoot somebody, they have very strict laws. You know, I had a friend of mine that he was being robbed outside of a restaurant with him and his wife. And he stabbed the guy three times. The guy was trying to rob him. And the prosecutors still gave him time because they said he stabbed him more than one time. And they said that he wasn't in danger no more. So these laws are very strict with weapons and guns and knives. So you have to be careful even if you're going to use that gun or knife. Because the the prosecutors in them have their rules that they go by. So self-defense and all that stuff, it's it's very hard to get. You know what I mean? So people think they're just going to run around shooting people because it's allowed to carry guns. That's not the case. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like guns are just going to be more problems. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like if you have a right to bear arms, people are going to think in their head, oh, I'm allowed to use this now. Only in, if your life is in danger. You know, so a lot of people, I feel, will get in more trouble if they're allowed to have them. You know, unfortunately, that's the case in New York and New Jersey and California. But in other states, 
Right. You know, if someone comes into your house, you can bl you can literally blast them away, bro. Well, well, it's called stand your ground law. Florida has it. You can shoot the yeah. guy a hundred times in his face if he comes in your house in Florida, right? But New York, you cannot. If the guy's running out your house and you shoot him in the back, you're going to jail. Yeah, I mean, if you shoot him in the back, there's no point. But I mean, if someone's coming into your house, I, I don't get it, man. I mean, I feel like they they penalize people too much for some of that shit, you know? Right. Um, I think I think New York, New York is just New York is just so bad with guns. That's the problem, you know, and that's why they, they really don't want them there. Because then guys that could buy firearms will scrape the numbers off, report them stolen, and start selling them all over the streets. You know what I mean? So all you have, so you see now guys go down to Florida, they buy assault rifles, and they say their house got burglarized for the guns. They scrape the the the, pin, the um the numbers off them and they go sell them down in New York and wherever. And now we have assault rifles. So that's, so you know. let's say like a, like an AR 15 costs about anywhere between 700 and let's say $2,000, depending on how it's modified. And all that it's stuff. That, well, there's $700,000 in Florida. Yeah. So my question to you is how much more would they get for selling that gun? I mean, I mean, okay, you scrape the numbers off, you report stolen double. and you sell, they get, get double. 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 It depends what kind of assault rifle you get, like an AK-47 or something like that. Remember, they don't sell machine guns. They sell only semi-automatic, but you can make it up. You can file the pen. You can mess with it to make it, like you modify it. But, like, I know for a fact I had bought mini assault rifles, and I paid, like, 1200 1400 you know, stuff you like that. Them, you had bought them back then? You had bought them illegally back then? Yeah, yeah. And what was your, I mean, what, what was your gun of choice, man, back in the day when you were in the streets? What would you carry on you? Every day I carry the 380. I like small, compact, carryable because you don't want a heavy gun because then it slides. You know you can't hold it. If I'm just keeping it in the seat under the car, I usually have like a 357 or like a nine millimeter Beretta. But but if I'm carrying, I got a small one, 380. Um, moving on to the next subject, a uh, lot of comments, a lot of controversy, a lot of uh, people agreeing with you, and a lot of people very disagreeing with you. Right. Uh, if that even makes perfect, if that's even English. A lot of people also disagreeing about some of the comments on the first episode that we had uh, right. regarding Michael Francis. Right. Um, a lot of the comments, and I'll read some of them from one of my uh, viewers, Frodo Jack too. Uh, Frodo Jack, he wrote, Forbes magazine listed him as one of the top 50 richest mob bosses in America in 1986. He didn't call himself a mob boss. In his interviews, Francis always makes it clear that he was a capital regime. So this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, listen, let me explain to him, okay? A guy like Mike Francis, he's a professional con artist. And what he is is this. He is not being himself. What, what I'm saying is he definitely had money. He made money. Um, he was definitely a rich guy. He was not making $10 million a week, like he says. He was not a official captain he was an acting captain for his father that's all i'm trying to explain like I want how, him to, how do you know how do you know exactly i mean is that from his own words or i mean how? we know because we're street guys we know what he is so you know i'm friends with a lot of guys that know him and other people and like you know we know the real deal about who's street guys and who's not you know um i feel like he's a christian he's born again does a little stuff so why don't you tell the public the truth that you did cooperate you did put people in jail that's like known and um, you did get caught in several lies. So just don't sit there and try to say, like, you're not a cooperator like we are. And you're trying to say you're better than us. Meanwhile, you did the same thing. You're just not being honest with yourself. You know what I mean? So you're just trying to still portray this gangster role. And you never were a gangster in a lot of people's eyes. You were just born into the life. And you were privileged. You didn't have to do anything to get what you got. 
guys like me, I had to do it myself to get where I was, you know? So he says, and he, he, he claims that he started the gas scheme. He did not. Gas pipe started the gas scheme. That was his thing. And then it went to the five families. Yeah, please he, elaborate who's gas pipe. He was the boss for the Lucchese family. He was a, uh, a psychopathic serial killing maniac, real gangster, bad guy. And, um, uh, Get, and Mike Francis gives a story how he sat with John Gotti. He took that scene out of the movie The Godfather. Literally, if you watch it, it's the same exact scene that he did in The Godfather when he had to sit down with John Gotti. He took it, and they actually showed it on, on an interview how much he was lying about it. So like I said, I'm not here. I just don't like someone that's a con artist to the people. I'm real. I tell you my story and what I was doing. You know, he's full of shit, and that's when I'm stick to my guns. You know what I mean? That's how I am. So as far as people are saying, they only know what he tells them. I'm, come, I'm telling you from the inside out, I was involved. You know, nobody, nobody in the mafia was ever making $10 million a week. Never. No one's making Pablo Escobar money in the mafia. That's fake. So he had money. He had probably like 10, 15 million, 20 million total. Not what he's saying. So that's all, that's all it is. I'd love to follow up with him sometime and see what he has to say about all this. Right. Another you know, comment. He, actually, he, actually, he actually did follow up. He went on um, his Instagram and did live. And he keeps calling himself a capo regime. You know, like I said, like real mafia guys, nobody talks like that, bro. It's like he's reading a mafia dictionary and saying, you know, words out of it. Nobody says capo regime. That's like 1940 shit. Like, no one talks like that, bro. So it's like he's so gone out the mafia so far out the life. He just doesn't, he just, he's ridiculous. It's like, he's like a cartoon character to us. We all laugh at him. So um, that's all I have to say with that. You know, just tell everybody I'm not trying to, to, you know, embarrassing. I'm just basically calling someone out on their bullshit. That's all it is. Would you guys ever sit face-to-face? Would you ever sit face-to-face with him? He wouldn't want to do that because I could ask him one question. What would you ever do in your life to become a captain? And he can't answer that because he never did nothing. So he wouldn't want that. You can't name me one victim. You can't name me one thing you did to somebody while you're a tough street guy. You don't have any stories. Your only story is you're related to Sonny. That's it. I mean, you, you know, you have a history too. And for some reason you can't really talk about it. So I could yeah, flip I the script. I could flip the script on you too with that. Right. So my question to you is like, you know, I've asked you to elaborate on some of the things you've done and you've told me you really cannot get into any of that stuff. And I, I, can't, get, I can't get, I can't get into victims and stuff like that because they'll sue not, me. Not, not names, but, but right. can't even talk about certain situations. I mean, you can't even just mm-hmm. beat around the bush. Sure, they're still around these guys and they're dying to put me back in jail, so I can't. You know, they'll do anything to try to get me in trouble, so I can't. I can't elaborate on crimes and, and uh, people that are hurt as of right now. Eventually, I will be able to, but just not right now. Is that with, like, time, statute limitations, or what? Yeah, stuff like that, and just, um, I have to wait a little while. Like I said, I have a book. So you're, I have, you're, I have a, you're still not out of the woods, in your, in your opinion. You're right, and, and uh, I have a book in the works anyway, so I don't want to give too much, too much stuff. I get it. Another question came from Mind Psych. This is one of the people that commented. So it was a great interview. Gene is a good guy deep down. But why didn't you ask him about Donnie Brasco and the other, others around that era? Even um, if he was born in the 80s, he still heard about people like Sonny Black, Left, Tony Mira, Joe Pistone. Uh, right. Some people say Tony Mira was the worst guy he ever met in the mob. Ask him if he knows about that, if it's true. And ask him about old bosses such as Gallant, and those are all Bonanno guys. The Bonanno family's hands down the most vicious family of all five families. Right. Uh, do, I do you agree I with actually, that? Do you agree I with actually, that? I actually answered that guy on your thing. Um, I, I don't like to elaborate on people like that because I wasn't with them. 
Uh, they're old-timers. They're already gone. A lot of them are dead and were killed by Joe Messino. But um, um, like I said, uh, for Galante, Carmine Galante, who was the boss of the Granoff family, he actually in, uh, brought my boss in, Vinny Asaro. He actually straightened him out in 1969. And um, as Vinny Asaro said, whoever wants to know, Carmine Galante, uh, as Vinny said, was one of the most dangerous guys he ever known in his life. So for Vinny Asaro to say that, this guy must have been really bad. Because Vinny don't give nobody credit. So if he's giving somebody credit, they were bad. So as far as like Sonny Black and all them, I can't elaborate on them. My cousin could, um, Anthony uh, Ruggiano, who's older. We're going to actually have him on our show, and he's going to elaborate on the old times. So we really can't elaborate. I can't really elaborate on those guys because it's before my time. But um, as far as stories that I know, um, Lefty Guns, Benny Ruggiero killed a lot of people. Um, those guys were real serious guys. Um, Joe Messino, as I know, was the boss. He was a real uh, dangerous guy in his time. But um, as far as me knowing them, I can't lie to you. I only get stories from the older people. So I don't really like to give too much on them, you know? And, uh, you know, bringing up your boss again, the one that you worked for, Asaro. Yeah. He was one of the guys that worked for, right? One of them. Uh, you said he was one of the main guys on Lufthansa, yeah? Uh, he was, yes. Did he ever tell you in his own words that he did that? I mean, did he actually... Because, you know, when you watch the movie Goodfellas... Right. They try to make well, it look well, like, like I he laughed everyone. And... Well, well, according to Vinny, Henry Hill wasn't even there. The guy who wrote the, made the movie and all that. So, according to him, he says he wasn't even there. He had nothing... He was just known about it through, through like, me knowing, through word of mouth. He just got a little taste out of it, supposedly. But according to Vinny... My boss, he said Henry Hill wasn't even there. Had nothing to do with it. I mean, so, did you actually ask him? Did you ask him, like, can you tell me? Oh, yeah. That? He used to tell me all kinds of stuff. He, yeah, Vinny used to tell me a lot of things. He, me and him were very close. He, um, he said he got 800000 out of it, and he blew it in a couple of months in the track. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a bad gambler. Yeah. That's a lot of money back then, man. Oh, man, he had a lot of money, that guy. He went to you don't think that that would have drawn attention to him, that he was gambling with that kind of money at the track? I mean, does no, that I, think I think back then he owned a lot of stuff, too. So he had a lot of, he had a lot of businesses also. Um, now, this is one of the people that you did cooperate against, yes? Right, yes. Now, when we read the articles, it talks about you were a part of a home invasion crew and all kinds of – that's what the newspapers say. Right. Legend. Right. Um. Now, when you cooperated, did you actually have the day in court where you had to face these people? I mean, did you actually no. have to see them? No, I did not. No. They, uh, they pled out, so I didn't have to go to trial. So it worked out. Right. They didn't, they didn't go to trial. Um, there was a lot of, like I said, it wasn't just me. Like, you know, like I said, people don't know the whole thing because, you know, there was never no trial. But there was dozens and dozens of cooperators on my case. And um, they just used me as the poster boy because I brought in the big guys. You know what I mean? So there were so many guys on my case that cooperated, that, co that co-signed my stories, that they didn't make them public because um, basically they were, they were nobodies, basically. So they used me as the poster boy because I was the most important guy on the case that was given information. So they basically made you the poster boy. Right. I was doing all the, the dirt, all the work. So, you know. Um, is there anything else we can follow up on? Is there anything that I'm, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of comments. I didn't get a chance to go through all of them, but what do you think we missed in the first interview? I know you probably took a look at it. Uh, is there anything that we need to elaborate on? Um, I mean, whatever, you, whatever, whatever they're asking for, what else are they asking for? Do you know I mean, they did want more specifics, but, um, you know, you've been out since December, right? Right. And, uh, 
You've been doing any therapy, anything like that? Like John A. Light tells me he goes to therapy. Do you do anything well, like that? I, I was, but right now with the coronavirus, I can't do it. I was going to see a, a doctor, but um, I went twice, and now it's like on hold. You know, they've ever, if you don't mind me asking, have they ever diagnosed you with anything, any type of yeah. personality disorders? Yeah, I was ADD, ADHD, um, bipolar disorder. I had a lot of disorders growing up. Yeah, you you knew this before, like back in the day. Yeah, since I'm young. I had a lot of anger problems, violent problems, yeah. They put you on any kind of meds or anything? Does it help? When I was younger, but I didn't like it. Like Ritalin and shit, all that? Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like the way it made me feel, so I never took it. Yeah, they actually had to put me on some stuff saying I was hyper and all that shit. I never took it, man, because I was always scared of the side effects. Right. What do you think about all these fucking school shootings and shit do you think it's I, I i have my own opinion on it i don't know what you have you ever thought about like the school shootings and shit what do you think is really going on in our country honestly i i, I want to elaborate on that i would like to i wish one of them would try to do that when i'm in there because i i really would like to get my hands on one of them i do that they shoot these kids and these women and children for no reason i really would love to be in a school or a mall when they try doing that because i they won't they won't succeed you know they, they're going after regular civilians innocent people that never seen a gun, never did no crime, not in their lives. And they're going there shooting these little kids and these people for no reason. You know, I wish they would do it with a bunch of bad guys in there. And let's see how far they get. You know what I mean? They're doing it with a bunch of harmless people in there. And I really of, hate that they do that. One of my theories is that I think some of these kids might have men mental sickness, right? No, they want to no. think I think that they take these pharmaceutical drugs. This is my opinion. And I think there's adverse effects. And I think that all the American people should ask for is we should have blood tests done on these shooters and we should know what's in their blood. And that should be public information. I mean, what do you think about that? I got to be honest with you. There's only one place where those kind of guys belong. Okay. You're going into schools, you're shooting little kids, you're shooting women, you're shooting children. Uh, I just, I just don't go for it. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think God ever created somebody like that to, to you have to be pure evil to be able to shoot a baby or a kid or an innocent person walking to a mall just shopping with their family. You know, when bad guys hurt bad guys, nobody really cares because they know what they're doing. They're, they're bad guys. When you have a woman and children walking in the store or at school or whatever and you're shooting them, for what? What do you get out of that? What's the mental problem? What would make you want to do that? That doesn't make any sense. I feel like they want it because they're evil people or they want to be in the public eye for something. They want attention. You know, it's just sad that, you know, I, I really wish, and I don't want it to happen, but I wish it could happen if I was there, because I would never let that, I would rush them. I would try to get them so bad, man. I, I just, it kills me when I see that stuff. It really does. Can you maybe tell us a time where you really thought your life was in danger? You, have, you, have, you, had, you ever had any really close calls? Like, is there oh, anything yeah. you could talk about without going too crazy? Yeah, I mean, I had two, I had two attempts on my life. Um, one attempt, like I had talked about in a prior um interview uh they tried uh one of my enemies tried to kill me in my house he uh shot my house up with a machine gun in my my bedroom area and um then they tried to kill me again on a highway and they shot my friend through the neck and um Your that was survived? he survived yes yes and this was other other factions like other crime people or uh, i mean one 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 of the situation one was an enemy that we were going after we were at war with him in uh, 2006, uh, the mafia, we were beefing with him. And he was a wild guy. And he was- What was the nationality? He was Italian. The second one was also an Italian guy, but he hired Albanians to kill me. So- So the fucking Albanians came after you? Well, they didn't know who they were coming after. They just took the money. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Um, so, yeah, you had a couple close calls. And now, when they shot up your house that time, did you have family inside? I did. Who yeah. did you have? Uh, my ex-girlfriend and my uh, grandmother and grandfather. Shit. Were they yeah. terrified? Yeah. It was bad. It was did they say anything thing. to you? Did they say anything to you? I mean, no. You know, they were just, you know, nervous and everything like that. But uh, it was a pretty did they crazy know? Thing. I mean, did they know what you were up to in your life? That yeah. That happened? I mean, yeah, did they I say what the well, my first thing was I had to hide all the guns in my house because I knew the cops were coming. So I had all kinds of guns in the house. So I had to get them and put them in the hallway, get them out and hide them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did they say, listen, you know, we, we need you to get the fuck out of the house? I mean, what, what happened after that? The first thing the cops did, all right, who did it? They must have known, like, I already had a, um, I probably was already labeled to the precinct, you know? So they're like, all right, who did it? They came in and we don't know. And they did the strings to, to see where all the entrance of the bullets were. And um, they would just show me the bullets that would have killed me if I was sleeping. You know what I mean? They were showing me all the, the entrances, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, what went through your mind, man? Were you like, maybe I should get the fuck out of the life? Or were you thinking, should I kill these motherfuckers? I mean, what, what went through your mind at that point? Were they shot at oh, your family's house? Just retaliation. That's all it was. That's the only thing I was thinking. Yeah. And that thing ended up resolving itself? I mean. Oh, yeah. We were at war for a while with this kid. Yeah, multiple shootings, uh, just a lot of bad things happened that summer. Yeah, Not a lot of car bombings, assaults. Was it, was it over business? I mean, certain territory? I mean, what, it was just... He, um, he, he basically robbed um, one of Ronnie's main earners, tied him up in his house, and then he threatened to kill Ronnie's kids wow. afterwards. Yeah, he was pretty wild. He's dead now. Someone else killed him, but he was pretty wild. He was really wild. Another yeah. time? Yeah. Now... Some people would say, I mean, how do you classify Italians, man? Do you feel like an Italian to call themselves Italian should be able to speak Italian? No. Nah, Fair question. <laughs> well, Americanized, Americanized Italians is different. You know, we're not. Did anyone in your family speak it? No. My, well, my grandfather did a little bit. He passed, but uh, he spoke it. Yeah. You ever been to Italy? No. You ever want to go? Well, here's the thing that people don't know about me. I'm terrified of planes. <laughs> so so that's they how I'm, I'm scared of death of planes, yeah. So you're like Mr. T on the fucking A-team. We got a drug. Yeah, I hate planes, man. I hate them. Yeah. Now, you also mentioned, and, I, and I'm happy, I, I heard that, you know, you and uh, Johnny are starting, Johnny Elite are starting a uh, talk show, podcast. You should. Right. I think there's a lot of people that are very interested in you guys. Right. And uh, I think you have some, I think you have some pretty cool guests that'll come on there. Yeah. When are you guys looking to launch this thing? Do you have any idea? Yeah, soon. Well, do, do with the coronavirus. It's going to be hard to get into the studio, but I mean, besides for, um, Besides for that, we, we got something in the works. It's going to be coming out soon. Getting back to your personal safety, man. I mean, you've only been out since December. Right. Some of the people that you cooperated against, they still have family out there, yeah? Right. Friends. Right. I mean, do you have any concern about your safety? I mean, honestly, do you have any concern about your... your, your well, like I said... You know, like I said, it's not to sound cocky and arrogant, but, like, I was the guy that was doing the work. So, for my time, there really isn't many guys that are putting work in like that no more. So, most of them are jokes and clowns and no balls. So, it's like, it'd be, it'd be, I'd be in shock. You know what I mean? Guys really uh, are not really, are nonviolent. How about that? So, uh, I'm not worried. I know Johnny walks around New York like he owns a fucking place. He doesn't care. Yeah, it's not the same. Like I said, if this was 30 years ago, you know, the 70s, the 80s, then, you know, I say, you know, I'm going to have a problem. These kids are all punks. They never did nothing. They're living off names. They, they never did nothing themselves. It's, 
I was doing all the work. They called me when they had a problem. So that's why I don't. It's also don't really extremely hard to get away with shit today, man. I mean, this camera's fucking everywhere. Well, that's not true because I did a lot of crime under the cameras. You know, if you got the balls, you're going to do it, bottom line. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. I mean, but they've gotten a lot better with it, man. A lot better. I mean, I was out there 13, 14. I was doing them. You know what I'm saying? I only got caught through cooperators. Other than that, I never would have got caught. That's something you had said. You had said on the interview, you know, he turned on me. I forgot what you meant, but I forgot who you were talking. Who turned on you that you ended up, I mean, in your, you know, from your perspective, you said so, that Vinny had turned on you, Asaro? No, uh, Ronnie. Ronnie. Ronnie's, yeah. Ronnie. Gialonzo, right. He turned on you? Well, not, uh, not uh, like, he basically scumbagged me. You know, we don't, it's, he, 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 he basically um, gave me ultimatums and options that he shouldn't have and things like that. And I don't really want to get into it right now, but um, I guess I have a book coming out and, um, he uh, he basically became jealous of me. That's all I'm gonna say. Is he still around? No. No, he's away. No, he's oh, away. Yeah. He's in jail. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know. I mean, it kind of feels like to some people, and you know, my show is not just about mafia stories. I'm not valuetainment. Right. That's how he started. That's all he focused on. Right. Um, but the reason I'm doing a follow-up with you is, again, I, I, I cut you off a lot, and I promised my viewers I would elaborate, like give you a chance to talk. Right. Um, my, my show is about comebacks. My show oh, is yeah. about showing people that you could be in the worst situations in life. Right. Maybe even be a criminal, go to jail, you come back out, but you can always leave this world, this life, better than how you started it. In my opinion, it's not where you started, it's how you finish your story right and um like i said you know i have a lot of positive things going on in my life right now you know i'm past the tough guy stuff i really don't care about it people say things about me all the time on the internet you know i we, we call them computer killers you know <laughs> they killed you 20 times through a computer you know that's about that's about the worst violent most violence they're gonna do so i'm not worried about that i'm happy that um i have a lot of people reaching out to me a lot of people show how proud they are and the things I'm doing and they, and I'm really helping people and they, they talk to me all the time. People reaching out to me and I'm mentoring them and trying to get them involved and show them that the street life is a dead life and there's nothing there, you know? And, uh, like I said, Johnny mentored me and now I'm doing the same to people. You truly believe you're reformed. I mean, you've left your old yes. ways. I mean, you've only been out since December, man. No, I'm good, man. I've been, I remember I've uh, been out the game since really 2016 when I, when I, when I cooperated, that's the day I said, this is it. So really, it's been since April of 2016. So now it's, you know, December. Uh, I came out December 2019. Now I've been out almost four months now. Besides, besides writing books, starting your own show, how do you see yourself maybe, I mean, do you see yourself doing any type of business? I mean, well, yes. what are actually, you going to get into? Actually, we're looking into something. Um, eventually, we're looking to open up a, a nightclub out of state, me and Johnny. So, yeah. We got a lot of I got a lot of connections in that world. That, that's yeah. my story. Oh yeah, my right. family used to own, my family used to own one of the biggest nightclubs in Manhattan. I don't know if you remember in the old days, it was called Float. Of course, yeah. So Float became Temple, and then Temple became Touch. My family owned it for about eight years after Float closed down. Okay. Right on Fifty Second Street. It's no longer right. there, but uh, yeah, Float was a big place back in the day. Right. You ever want to have kids of your own? Yeah, yeah. When I when I'm financially set, I don't want to just bring kids in and then worry about taking care of them. You know, 
you think you're you think it'll be hard to explain to them one day all the stuff that you did or you think you'll use it as a positive to keep them out of trouble i think i could explain to them you know i was this way and now look at me now you know so i think um i think it's a good thing you know so i i i, I believe i believe that whatever kid i do have he'll you know eventually understand you know this is my, was my product of an environment you know this is what i was brought up around and you know, I've seen it was bullcrap and look at me now, you know? Some people feel like these ex-gangsters and ex-mafia uh, people and criminals and gangsters who are, you know, coming out of jail or cooperated or whatever the case may be, are starting to become kind of like, uh, kind of like how the rap beefs were starting, like certain rappers would beef with other rap. Like, I, it kind of feels like that a little bit. So right. I feel like sometimes, like, that's well, like I said, I want to, and I want to elaborate this real quick. It's not like we're attacking anybody. We're, I'm like this. If you were a real street guy and you were doing things out there, people know who's the real street guys and who aren't. See, like the guys that sometimes do interviews and they're not keeping it real with themselves. Like I knew Johnny Eli was a real deal street guy. I was a real deal street guy. I was out there shooting, robbing, doing everything, the real protocol and how to become in the gangster life. Not just saying, oh, I gave the gangster money. I'm a mob guy now. Nobody respects people like that. So, like, Mike Francis is one of those. You know, he paid his way in, basically, and he got into his father. He'd be a waiter in a restaurant if he didn't, uh, you know, wasn't related to Sonny Francis. And that's the God's honest truth. Same thing with John Gotti Jr., same thing with a lot of these guys. You know, they were born into power, and we don't respect guys like that. You know, it's not I have a problem with them. I'm just saying that you didn't do the things that I did, and you should have not had rank. You shouldn't be calling yourself a capo regime. You know what I'm saying? There's no point. I would never respect a guy like that in the street. And that's just my opinion. That's all it is. Now, there was some articles that came out about Gotti Jr., Latin Kings. I mean, did you read that? What the hell? I don't even really understand what that was all about. I mean, I know what it's about. He's just trying to get involved with anybody he could. Nobody will take him. That's the God's honest truth, you know? He's, he's scared shit of Johnny Eli, and Johnny Eli ain't going to bother him. Johnny Eli's like, I don't care about this guy. He's just scared shit of him. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw that that article popped up. And it was a f weird picture, too, man. He had, like, a DEA. It was a real picture, no? Yeah, this guy's just a... Uh, I can't even get into that family, bro. It's such a joke. I don't, I don't even waste my time with them. I'd love to interview him, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'd love to interview him. He'll just, he'll, he'll just give you bullshit stories. He'll never keep it real with you, man. You get it real for me, buddy. Anything you ask me, I'll tell I you what like, it is. Uh, I feel like they've become kind of Hollywood, you know? Like, I mean... Uh, well, that was their plan. And it they, made, they made the show. They made the show Growing Up Gotti. I remember That's actually running into... I ran into Victoria Gotti in uh, the Bahamas in 2005, in February. Right. I was there. Right. But did she, still were, look like, did she still look like a skeleton or she looked normal? No, no, she looked, you know, she looked pretty, pretty, pretty impressive, in my opinion. All right. So, yeah. This is what we're talking about 16 years ago. So, oh, okay. yeah, they were all there. The show had just come out. They were all at the pool. I said hello to them. You know, that was it. But yeah. they were, yeah, they were there. They were at the Paradise Island, the Atlantis. You ever been there? No, they're still spending their grandfather's money <laughs> and their father's money. <laughs> do, you, do you think, I mean, in your opinion, do you think a lot of these crime families had money stashed away, like big amounts of money? Well, guys like that did. You know, like I said, I always keep it real. Uh, John Gotti Sr. was a real gangster and he had a lot of money. And um, uh, most bosses back in the 80s had big money, you know, real bosses. You know, like, like, When you uh, say big money, what do you think in your opinion? Like, what kind of money are we talking about? Millions. Like, 
20, 30 million, 100 million? More, I mean, more. Yeah, like money like that. Like the money, like, like I could say, honestly, I could see John Gotti Sr. having probably like 100, 200 million dollars. Definitely. Wow. Yeah, that kind of money. Well, but here's my thing. Me, when, you make, when you make that kind of money, why not get into legitimate businesses and call it a wrap? I never understood this. I mean, he did. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much took every construction company there was in the fr freaking five boroughs. I mean, they took everything. So, you know, they were definitely big powerhouse money guys. Him and Sammy Gavano, those guys, those were real deal. You know, that's why I give credit where credit's due. Um, even the other families, you know, a lot of the bosses, Vinny the Chin, Gigante, all them guys, they had millions and millions of dollars, you know? That's a whole different caliber of gangsters. You know, when you get into a guy like Mike Francis calling himself Capo Regine and all these millions, that's bullshit. Carmine Snake, Persico and all that, those are real gangsters. They were multimillionaires. They still, their families still live off the money, you know? So it's a whole, whole different league of people in the 80s. Those were the, 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 the top dogs. When you see this new movie that came out, and my brain is fried right now with uh, Pacino and Pesci came out of retirement. Right. Uh, what was that movie again? My brain's fried. It's about Jimmy Hoffman. Irishman. That was yeah. good. I actually like that. Movie. You think uh, you think they were? You, I mean, listen, this is before our time, but like I said, who do you, who do you think killed Jimmy Hoffman, man? I believe that it was him. I do believe that. I don't know for a fact. I was locked up with some Philadelphia mob guys, and um, they always said it was that Irish guy. Yeah. It's funny because I actually know someone related to Jimmy Hoffa. He's actually a very good friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name. He actually altered his last name because, and I asked him, I said, why did you drop certain letters? He goes, he didn't want the attention. He didn't want the heat on it. And I actually had asked him, I said, how do you feel about Jimmy Hoffa jokes? He goes, because that's like, it's still a joke to this day. It's like, oh, we'll bury you with Jimmy. Like, you know, they, people make it as like a joke. Right. But I asked him, I had actually built up the courage to ask him. I said, you know, how do you feel about those jokes, man? And he goes, how would you feel if people made jokes about your uncle being murdered? Right. He grew up in Puerto Rico. Right. They left the States at that time. They went to Puerto Rico. So he grew up in Puerto Rico, even though he's, you know, he's Jewish American. And uh, I believe he's Jewish American. Or he's married to a Jewish woman. I can't remember. But he dropped certain letters off the, the last name. I can tell you he lives back in the tri-state area. He owns a business that handles packaging. And he was at my wedding. All right. <laughs> That's cool. So it's kind of funny how I ended up becoming friends with someone from that family. I would fucking love to interview him. I, can, I mean, I'm going to ask him, but I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll ever give me an interview, man. Right. I don't think he, he wants anything to do with that, that legacy or, you know. He's a, he's a cool guy, man. Crazy motherfucker, man. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, you know, I still haven't seen that movie, man. That was good. I watched it. I actually liked it. It was the first gangster movie I liked in a while. A lot of them are terrible. So maybe, you know, and maybe you guys can do this. Uh, maybe it's a cool idea on your show. You do something called like a gangster rating. We're doing that actually. So I'm a genius from one to 10. We consider it not gangster. You know, that's actually good. So we're, thinking like, we're doing it. We're doing it right. We have a lot of things going on with that. People are going to love it. You know, we have, a lot how, of how would you rate, how would you rate that movie? It was good. On a scale of one to ten, how gangster would you call it? It was it was great. I liked it. I, I, I'll give it like a ten nine. being the most gangster. One is nah, good. Goodfellas only gets a ten for me, but uh, everything else is uh, you know eight. That was an eight and a, a eight, eight or a nine. Who's your favorite character in that movie? I probably my favorite character is probably uh, um, Joe Pesci. Everyone loves fucking Joe Pesci, bro. Yeah, I like <laughs> I, I liked his role. Uh, plus my plus he was at my uncle Andy's wedding, so. Joe Pesci was? Yeah. No, the real, the guy he played. 
Oh, the guy he played. Did yeah. you guys, I mean, did you guys have any of these people as friends? Any of these actors? Any? Hmm? Did you ever meet any of these actors? You ever met? I, I met Al Pacino. I mean, you ever no. met anyone? No. Who would you like to meet if you could pick any actor? Uh, honestly, my favorite actor is Johnny Depp. Yeah? Yeah. Which movie? Edward Scissorhands? All of his movies. He's my favorite. Yeah. Johnny Depp's my favorite. <laughs> He's been getting in trouble with domestic violence, supposedly, right? He didn't do that. He didn't do that to that girl, man. You think nah. she set him up to try to take the money? Yeah, he, he didn't do that. You could tell. He's a good person, man. He didn't do that. There's a lot of people right now, and I think this is a good question. There's a lot of people right now who have been in their houses for weeks, okay? And they're going stir crazy. They're going cabin fever. They're going nuts. Right. What would you say to them in comparison to jail? Well, I actually had that up there. I said, you know, now he's getting a little taste of jail. You know, it's not exactly jail, but it's similar. You know what I mean? You know, except, you know, you're locked in 10 by 10, but, you know, you're pretty much home, uh, home confinement to your house. So, well, you how, know, people how, are going how, crazy. How do you feel compared to jail? I mean, come on, can you even compare it to jail, man? No, it's nothing. But, you know, like I said, for a, a civilian that never experienced it, it's, it's rough, man. You know, people ain't used to this, you know? You're locked in, can't go where you want to go. It's, it, it drives people crazy. It's another no. reason why don't commit can, crimes. Don't commit crime. <laughs> right. Don't commit crime. Yeah. Do you? I mean, if this keeps going on like this, I mean, what do you think, man? I mean, I'm starting to lose my fucking mind standing yeah, like I don't. Honestly, like I just came out and now I'm locked back in. You know what I mean? So it's so crazy. I, have I like made that joke, right? I called you up. <laughs> I said, "Listen, you fucking." I said, "What kind of luck do you have? You fucking. You get out of jail." And I'm yeah. locked down again. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes, right? <laughs> Two months. I'm back locked down. Anything man. else? I, I guess as far as the old timers, man, because that's people. That's really where people's most obsession is. Right. They consider that like the last generation of gangster. You know what I mean? Like the right. real true. They live by the code or merta. Right. I mean, when the movie shows, did you ever see? Anyone, you never. Did you even get to ever witness anybody getting made? No, you can't. It's very secret. You can't. You don't even know when you get it. They come pick you up in the in the morning in a in a fucking van. You don't even know. You it, it, they actually make it look like you're getting killed when you get straightened out. I know. I know the procedure because a few of my good friends were had it done, and uh, you actually don't know what you're walking into. To be honest with you, the way the bananas do it. They scare the shit out of you, huh? Yeah, you get picked up by two guys you don't even know. They put you in the van. They pick you up in the morning. You know, you go to a location you don't know a garage wherever they're doing it. You know. It looks like Is it like killed. the movies, man? Did they portray like with the whole card and the burning? I mean, it's similar no, to that. Every every family does it differently, so I can't lie to you. You know, I don't know. But it could be something like that, right? No one's ever talked about it. I mean, people made guys. I mean, is anywhere? Yeah, ever, I, I mean, all these interviews—they don't talk about what it's like being made. Yeah, it's a, it's it's really a quick thing. You know, what I'm saying it's a you know you put your hand. There's this whole there's so there's so many different uh, procedures. Some people make you put your hand on the gun, the trigger. You know, only one way in, one way out. You know, there's a lot of different uh, pricky finger, you know, the burn St. card, all of that. But um, families just have different ways of doing it. And bringing back up uh, Fat Andy, your, 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 his nephew. Right. He's the gang. He's a gangster's gangster. There was no. Is there no anything else you could tell us in about my, him, man? In, in my opinion, there was nobody like him. But, you know, that's my opinion. Is there, is there, I mean, you gave us that one memory of going to the pool and all that. Is there anything else you could give the, the audience? I mean, like I said, you know, um, I was actually, you know, with him a lot because I was really, our family was very close and we were always by the house with him. And um, uh, like I said, he was just a cool guy. You would never know the, the way he really was, you know. But his parole supervision was so serious, he couldn't go near nobody. Did you ever get to see him again before he died? I mean, did you ever? 
oh no, he, he refused to go to the hospital. He was bleeding in his throat. He refused to go to the hospital and then he just died. Nine, 1999. Were you at that funeral? Of course, yeah. What that's was that funeral like? That's, that's my mother's godfather. What, yeah. what was that funeral like? Uh, it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, an incident happened in there. I don't want to get into it, but like, you know, it was a uh, pretty, pretty funny one. My, uh, my, my cousin, my cousin uh, went after somebody in there, whatever. We'll, I'll get into that. That's in my book, but uh, uh, something had happened in there. Um, but uh, it was, everybody Thousands was there. of people? Huh? Was there a lot of people? Oh man, everybody. Yeah, every. Yeah. Was it like was it like a who's who for the mafia? Yeah, the Fed. When 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 those kind of people pass away, the Fed just sit across the street and they just start snapping away. Yeah. Oh like yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, I guess I think this was a great follow up. I just wanted to elaborate. Is there anything else that I'm missing here? Because nah, it was pretty good. Uh, let me just check one more comment here if I see anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right, so basically, in your own words, you're not attacking the guy. You're just saying, hey, just paint paint the story the right way. Right, paint the story. You know, I don't, I hate bullshitters. Just keep it real, you know what I mean? If you made $1 million a month or, you know, you know, I never heard of anybody making $10 million a week except for El Chapo or Pablo Escobar. That's it, okay? And those guys That's are on a whole other level. Uh, right, ten million dollars. Those guys had arms. Forty million dollars a month. Do you understand what that is? That's like uh, that's like insane. And and people and fans are reaching out to me saying he never said that. He did say that. It's all over his interviews. He claims he made eight to ten million dollars a week. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. So, like I said, we'll call you on your bullshit. That's all I have to say. No, you also said you had had about like ten guys working for you. Right. Were they all Italian, or did you work with anyone? Anyway, I love gang members. Like I told you, I take the blacks, the Spanish, you know, I, um, I got a new crews back then. Oh yeah. 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 Johnny A. Light felt the same way. Yeah. But you know what it is? Because we respect violence, you know, and that's the guys I'm sure that I'm not like that no more. But when I was in that life, if I thought you were a punk, I didn't want nothing to do with you. I want guys that, that are capable of committing acts of violence if we need to, you know, and that's what I like. I like, I like violent people around me because I was violent myself. So, you know, back then, not that you've ever ordered it, but I'm sure you heard. I mean, what would they pay someone to kill someone? Well, with me, I didn't get paid. So when they sent me to hurt somebody, you don't get paid for that. It's just to build your status in the family. You know, so when I got. Well, let's say if you wanted to, like, I mean, you know, I'm sure you spoke to other people back then and what it was like. What would someone well, pay personally, someone? Personally, I had guys, I get you killed for 2500 but, you know, then you have guys, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'll get you killed for $2,500, guys that I had. They just loved me so much, and I would just throw them something, and they would get you. But I never did that with them, but um, I could have if I wanted, you know? Fucking cheap. That's cheap. Oh, yeah. I had gang members that, you know, kill you for $2,500, $5,000, you're dead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that? Just like that. Nothing to them. Mm-hmm. Crazy, man. Yeah. How about just to beat someone up? What was the going rate? I do it myself. I would do it myself. All that stuff I did myself. That's why, you know. No, I'm not saying you, but like other higher ups or whatever. No, they didn't pay for it. Usually, usually mob guys have guys in their crew. They do it for it to build themselves in their in their uh, family. So you don't get paid for it. Did you ever? And here's my thing. I mean, you used to kick up to 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 your to your superior, right? Right. Wasn't there a point? I mean, you weren't mate. Why not just fucking run the run your your clients yourself and keep the fucking run? Well, like I said, 
you got, like I said, I was loyal to the life and I devoted to this, to these people and I was following the rules, you know? So basically you were really, I mean, you really wanted to get made. You wanted to move up the ladder. Well, I was, I was going to, and everyone knows the truth and everyone knows what I was doing out there. And I was, I was just waiting for the title. Basically people respected me like I was, I was just waiting for a title. That's all it was. It's all it is a title. I already had guys under me and guys waiting to come in my crew. They couldn't wait. I had like 10, more than 10 guys. All the young kids were late, couldn't wait to get, get under me. I was really violent and I was really, really serious with that stuff. But Ronnie G just basically seen me becoming something that he didn't want. He, 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 got, he started becoming a little hateful towards me. So that was the problem. You ever have any incidents with him? I mean, like I said, so many of them. But like I said, I got, I got a book coming out, so. You're going to have to buy the book, fuckers. <laughs> All right, yeah. Gene, I think this was a great follow-up. Uh, yes. I want to thank you. I apologize for interrupting you so much the first time. That's okay. We're looking forward to a follow-up with you and Johnny, I think, at the same time. Right. And uh, we're looking forward to your show, your book. And uh, hopefully we get a response from Michael Francis. I'd love to have him on the show. He ain't going to respond. He knows better. He, he, he don't want to be called out on his crap. So he'll just let it, he'll, he'll make it look, he'll make it to the public. I don't even know who this kid is. Yeah, all right. Please, you know. We, we did, you, he, did, you ever, did you ever physically meet him? Ever see him? He's been he was out already the life, in, right? He's been out the life 30 years, bro. This guy doesn't, he's still saying capital regime. That's how you know he's been out a long time. I've never met a guy that called this. I know a lot of captains, a lot. And they would never, laughable, say capital regime. That's a joke. It's a comical. It's like something you see in a mafia movie. It's just not real. Nobody says that. I'm a capo regime. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> I got, it's been fun. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again, right? Gene, stay safe. And uh, I hope that um, you will continue to use your platform. to Because we're not here to glorify this shit. I'm not. Right. I'm not. I have, I have family that's locked up. They're getting out next couple of months right. i told you one of my cousins is one of the largest ecstasy dealers in the entire city wow and uh it cost him dearly his own best friend ratted him out right and uh from what i understand if he didn't cooperate they each would have done like five years which is oh nothing my God. oh he's a piece of crap yeah and he put him away for a long time he went in 30 he's coming out 50 man I could do five years on my head in the closet spinning, listening to Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but you would never want to go back though. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but like, you know, if I was, if I was being offered five years, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, that's nothing. Oh man. Can you give us one, one, can you give me one instance, maybe, maybe one, just one more jail story and we call it a day. What's the craziest shit that ever happened to you in life? Well, I mean, you know, I, I mean, like I said, you know, I had a lot of uh, fights in jail, and um, I was actually just telling someone this story the, uh, the other day about me in jail. Uh, I actually started uh, fighting with a lot, lot, a lot of Latin kings when I was in there because um, I started fighting with them because I didn't like that um, they were trying to turn uh, Italian people Latin king and stuff like that, and I felt like every culture has their gang, and I felt like these kids were joining it for protection. So when I was in there, I was in there by myself, and I was very friendly with the Bloods. And I actually had uh, assaulted one of their ranks in the Latin Kings in C95. And uh, I'll be honest with you, they, I was outnumbered. 
So it was hard. They were trying to get me in the hallways. They were trying to get me everywhere, caught. <laughs> and I mean, they were trying to cut me because I had embarrassed one of them bad in the house. And they couldn't jump me in the house because the bloods wouldn't let them. So they were mad. So they all ended up getting chased out the house. And I couldn't go to, it was hard for me to go to court and the medical because they were trying to move on me in the hallways. And I was talking hella shit. I'm like, fuck yous, da, 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 you. Know? And I had a lot of beef with them. And uh, in there, I was friends with them at first, but then I ended up having a lot of beef with them over that. And uh, that's it was pretty crazy because I was going to court with my back to the wall, carrying a razor on me. You know, I was waiting to. Uh, they were trying to get me, man. You know, and I ended up getting. I ended up uh, at that in the middle of that process. I was uh, cooperating, so they they pulled me out of the jail. Yeah, the good life after that. <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, but you know, I created the problems because I was a hothead. You know what I mean? So I would just you know fly off the handle, attack people, and then, you know. I guess rule number one is control your temper before it controls your life. Right. Right? Yes. Anger doesn't get you anywhere good. Right. Sometimes anger is needed for when there needs to be change and things are going wrong or whatever, but just right. to get angry about every little thing eventually leads you to a life of sorrow. Right. And now you're going to change that. That's right. Gene Borello, we wish you a great weekend. We thank you for sharing and following up. And we're looking forward, man. Everyone's looking forward to hearing more from you. Right. And uh, hopefully we can get a response from Mr. Francis. Right. And uh, you have a great weekend, man. And thanks thanks for following up. All right. Also, I want to tell everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, they can reach out to me whenever they want. They know my uh, website and uh, my email. And, Say uh, your website. Uh, uh, G- uh, my, my Instagram is uh, geneboy666. And you can reach out to me at uh, official uh, um, Gene uh, Borello at uh, 0606gmail.com and uh, ask me anything you like, okay? All right, Gene. You, you, you stay right. safe, man. All right. Take care. Hey, don't forget one thing. Yeah. You can always make a comeback. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> take care. All right, brother. All Ciao. Right. So there you have it. Follow up with Gene Borello. We'll hope that this was a little bit better than the last one. And uh, you guys have a great day. No matter how horrible your life is, no matter how bad it's getting, you can always make a comeback. Your life is not over until you take your last breath. And if you've made mistakes, try to fix them. Replace good, replace bad with good. Replace the evil that you've committed with really good stuff. That's my opinion. It's never too late to redeem yourself and to redeem others. This is your host, Beck Lover, on another episode of Beck Lover and the Comeback Team.